What's up, everybody? You're now tuned in to the Hey Now podcast featuring Paulie Nickerson III. Hey Now. Pop Hater 420. Yeah. Big baby. Huh. I said I float like a butterfly, I sting like a bee I've been having conversations with a bunch of nobodies And you can tell them what's the topic, they gon' talk about it And they hit from every angle, swings just like Honda. My team steady winning, with no championships You like Wesley Johnson when I handle this shit Um, we gonna come here man, we gonna chop it up on a few things But I really want you guys to pay attention, you know, to this journey because I'm pretty sure a lot of people could benefit from it. And uh, especially those kids coming up, you know, in high school ball, playing college basketball. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, you can learn a thing or two. Um, because one thing is, you know, a lot of you kids, um, like us at some point, you know, we lack information. So this is all, uh, this is all you know, I'm trying to provide for you guys. So, you know, let's, let, let's do this, man. I got Beloved here, you know. Happy to be back. Hey now, podcast family. Uh, we was it a one month hiatus, a little longer. Yeah. So um, this has been my weekly therapy session for like a year plus. Sometimes you need that. Yeah, I mean, black men, we need to discuss mental Absolutely. health. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, me, Kev, Shaq. Uh, you know, I'm a shout out Gab. You know, there's a. It was a brotherhood. Everyday working men right. constantly uh, discussing, you know, life issues, sports, politics, and we was like, you know what? Kev came with the journey years prior. Let, let's figure out a way to put it all together. To put it all together. So this has just been an, an organic process, and it's something that I look forward to doing right. every week. And of course, we got our guest, you know, Paulie Nickerson the third. You know, uh, shout out to you for taking time out your busy schedule. I know, I know you've been out there, you know, doing your thing and working. So uh, again, man, thank you for taking the time thank out. Thank you for having me. Very appreciative. Thank you for having me. Great vibes. I appreciate it. I love the I love the um share experiences with my brothers. Mm-hmm. And I see y'all doing y'all thing. So congrats. Y'all have some good, some great people up here. Y'all have some legends up here already. So. I feel like a legend sitting in the fighter's seat right here. The fighter's seat. You are. Yo, you're, you're a creative right. director, yo. These taglines come into him organically. It's the fighter's corner. So he'll kill a, a pitch meeting any Absolutely. day of the week. Yeah, like they call me the closer, bro. Get it done. Time to get it done. Mm-hmm. All right, Paulie, so, so let's get into it, man, real quick. So today, game six, mm-hmm. Golden State, Toronto. You know, the series has been, you know, entertaining so far. Right. KD goes down. Who do you take in game six? <sighs> Damn, I gotta pick one. I gotta say it. I, 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 I'm gonna say it. I wanted, break break I, down your scenarios. I, 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 wanted, I wanted it to be Toronto. You know, ideally, I wanted them to get it out, get it over with. I felt like they had the series last game. But I felt like that last three minutes last game showed me a little bit of weakness. They didn't really, they didn't really manage the time well. Do you agree with that timeout that the coach took? Not at all, not at all. You got your guys hot. He just, well, he scored like two times back to back, or whatever it was. He was feeling good about himself. Yeah. I, it's funny after he called the timeout, I see Kawhi walking off the court. He looked like he was a little tired. But you get that win when you're a dog and it's crunch time. He would have got that win. He might have got to the basket. He might have shot a pull up. 
but you could keep the momentum going. You call the timeout, you give the other team a chance to prepare for you and then can catch their momentum. So I just feel like I flew, I, I feel like they blew their momentum, and I feel like it's gonna go to Game Seven. I don't know what's gonna happen in Game Seven, but I feel like Golden State is feeling good tonight. They they riding on the on the coattail of KD that he got hurt. They want to make it happen for him. They man is hurt. Do you, but don't you think that will cause more like more emotion? You think there's gonna be like an emotional game for them? So yeah, it's gonna be emotional gonna game. Able to pull it off still. Once I mean, once you know how that goes, man. When you hooping, sometimes it be super emotional, and after the first quarter, you lock in and you locked in, and it's game time. But I, I think they gonna play with a chip on their shoulders because they managed her. He risked he risked his whole his livelihood, he risked, he risked his, his future, livelihood for the his legacy. Team. A lot of people said he was selfish. But he came out and played. Yo. So I think Golden State is gonna play with a chip on their shoulders. They got something to prove. They back home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I go back at the Oracle. They back home. I, I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna pull it out. Yeah. Now, beloved, mm -hmm. uh, I know you've been very. Uh... Yeah, I, I have some strong opinions. <laughs> Yo, it's deep, right? So Steve Kerr. Bob Myers, I feel like they have a plantation mentality. Mm. Why do I say that? Teams these days, especially with the media, they like to control the narrative. Right. All right? You used to hoop, you used to hoop. Right. You've been hurt, you've been hurt. Hell yeah. Okay? When he shot over uh what's tiana taylor's husband's name iman chumford right let's be honest here he made the jumper when he turned around he turned around because he thought somebody kicked him mm -hmm. that's classic grade a reaction right when you pop or tear an achilles absolutely okay i understand KD was in free agency. Maybe he didn't want that narrative out there. Maybe they figured out some sort of story with the uh, medical staff to tell the public. Right. We're going to say it's a calf. But even then, when you saw his um, leg wrap, what type of ice? Why is the icing on the Achilles and not the calf? From that point, <laughs> it was never like a city hospital bandage style. Yeah. Right? Right. From that point, they were never clear about a timetable of a, or a return. Anytime someone has a serious injury, it's either so-and-so's out for X amount of time or they say so-and-so's out indefinitely. Right. They were yo-yoing with the media, okay? I think Golden State could have done a better job controlling the narrative. Um, being clear with the fan base, with the media, and overall just being honest. Me personally, I'm not a doctor, but I'm not blind. Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder could have seen that that was an Achilles, that was not a calf. So they have the man doing workouts. When did he get hurt? Monday or Tuesday? Last week, I'm talking about. When? He got hurt last week? No, when it happened, for real, for real. It was a month. Oh, just now. It was a Monday, yeah, Monday. Oh, right? Monday, yeah. He had a conditioning test on Friday. Condition. I thought it was Sunday he had his test. No, it was Friday. Oh. He 
he stopped the workout after 15 minutes. Right. How do you go from not being able to complete a 15-minute workout to being cleared on Monday? Right. How does that work? So I say all this to say, over the years, we saw what happened to Isaiah Thomas. We're watching what happened, what's happening with KD. These organizations and their medical staff can't have free reign to just clear or not clear whoever they You're want. Right. Absolutely right. There needs to be a certain level of accountability. When you're a doctor, you go to medical school, you do a residency, and you also take an oath to preserve health and life. This doctor should have his license either suspended or revoked because this is medical malpractice. And if I'm the Durant camp, I sue the Golden State Warriors for $500 million. Reason being, reason being, he's 31 years old. I'm going to preface my statement again. You used to hoop at a high level. You used to hoop at a high level. Your prime is between 27 to 33. When I say prime, hey now, pa uh, podcast family, that's when you're performing at your peak. Okay? He's going to be 31 in September. Everybody knows a uh, Achilles injury is a 12-month recovery process. That doesn't mean when you're done with your rehab that you're ready to perform at an optimum level. So he's not going to be at his best until he's maybe 32 going on to 33. So meaning you're now at the tail end of your prime. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we've seen the best of what we're going to see from KD. It's over. They cut the man's prime short. Uh, Steve Kerr and Bob Myers... Bob Myers, I'm going to call you crocodile tears. This is the first time I've seen a white man cry. His face, no, not only no water, his face didn't even turn red. And those tears dropping or no? No tears and his face didn't turn red. So now, so now, so now real quick, uh, Paulie, so. Paulie, you used to hoop. Tell them. So how do you feel about that? Like, like seriously, like I know people say, you know. KD will still get the max, you know, because it's KD and what if he, and what he's done. But right. like, do you think it was the right? You could be a hooper, you could yeah. want the hooper you want, like. But do you honestly think it was the right move? Even though it's tough to say, you know, because you're not KD. But right, like, right. All right, I look. So I look at it in two different ways. From a hooper standpoint, it was the right thing to do. Because I've been in that situation before too. I've been hurt. I've been down and out, I sprained my, I remember my, when I first got to Clark Atlanta, we were supposed to play in the Georgia Dome. Um, it was an exhibition game, we were playing against Georgia State. And I had sprained my MCL like probably like three or four weeks before that. And I'd take like a month and some change. And I tried to suit up and I couldn't even make it in the lab line. So I know what that feels like when your team is out there, they, you, you want to win, you want to be a team player. It's a sport. You want to win. Like basketball is the reason why it's the wins and losses. Ain't no more victories in basketball. Especially when you really love the game. And KD from the hood. KD from B-more. So he want to hoop. But on the business side of it, which I think that every athlete should look at, that was the wrong decision to do. Because you really don't have anything to prove to anybody. At a certain standpoint, I mean, people already question his character and his integrity when he left OKC to go there. 
So that you already went through the questions and the trials and tribulations. Right now, KD is about your next move, making your best move. And I felt like he wasn't ready. Like you could tell when he was, you could tell even when he hit the two threes, he was gingerly. He like, was making set shots. Yeah, he was light and lightly hopping around the court. You know when you hooping, you gotta be yeah ten toes down, yeah, hungry, starving. So I felt like the hooping in him allowed allowed his himself to do that. But I felt like the business side of him. He, it wasn't really thought out. I can't. Cameron said it best. I don't know if you saw on Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This here, this here, this here. He, he, he kind of, you know, he kind of said the same thing we saying. Like it just wasn't a smart move business wise because you gotta look at it shit like a business. Because at the end of the day, the owners of the team. You, you're a, a corporation. Yeah, you're a you're corporation, a corporation, yo. Yeah, At the end of the day, you're a corporation, and if you can't perform, they're gonna get somebody else. And uh, it's kind of rich climbing. I blame you too. It's kind of funny because uh, I was having this conversation. Shout out to Rock Nation, right? though. Huh? That's his agent. The reason why I'm blaming Rich Kleiman, mm -hmm. Kev is a fighter. Mm -hmm. You into boxing? Yeah. Okay. Kev, let me ask you something. And I'm, I'm going to ask you too. Mm -hmm. Let's say, because I'm his Bundini Brown. Right. I'm his hype man. Right. Let's say we 11th round. Maybe you are 35 and 0. We paid two sanctioning fees. You got two belts on the line. But you come back to the corner and your eyes shut. The fighter in you is gonna say, I put in my 12 weeks of training camp, I have the right to finish my fight. But I'm looking at your family watching and you can't see. At that moment, you brought up being a competitor. I have to save my fighter from himself. Like fam, I know you wanna fight, but you can't see. So you know what I'm doing? Yeah. Throwing in the towel. Yeah. I feel you. A doctor, you're supposed to save the patient from himself. Right. Rich Kleinman. Come on, man. But you know what? You brought up, you made a good point earlier. Because at the end of the day, the team doctors and the team... Trainers, they work they for the organization. They got the best interest of the organization. So I think they don't care about... Fundamentally, it's a conflict of interest. And, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And you're right about that because... Uh, like I was saying earlier, I was having this conversation with somebody, and um, I remember when everybody used to ride like Kawhi, right. you know, because they were saying... Assassinated you know, his character. Oh, the our team doctors, you know, the Spurs medical staff is saying, you know, he's good to play, he's good right. to play. Kawhi's like, fams, I'm not, not good. good. Like, I, I don't feel good. You know, and they crucified, you know, Kawhi, you know, and it was because of that. His uncle was like, nah, we're not checking for that. Right. And, and look at the outcome, you know. He went, got his... Second, third opinion, came right. to New York, got that. He sat out, rehab, and... Came back right. You know, so I, you're right about that, man. I don't think the team doctors are for... Medical malpractice. Mm. $500 million lawsuit. Nah, I mean, can't be crazy. playing with people's that, livelihoods, that's, man. That should go viral right there, because that's an interesting conversation to have. Cause I, you're I, a doctor. I, honestly, I agree with you. It's because KD is a billion-dollar brand. By himself, but so he they just might have jeopardized about five hundred million from him. And another point where we was walking, you know, uh, up the block, what you said is um, he has the potential to be, you know, the all-time leading scorer. Right. So now, what type of marketing opportunities would that have brought? Know, man, it's pricey for the for the brands especially. So yeah, I need we need five hundred million dollars, Draymond. Especially um, if you come into New York. Draymond, you a sucker. You were the same one saying, we don't need you. You know why I got they, issues they with got, Draymond? They, they need they need KD, man. 
if Draymond's on any other team, he's not an all-star. Right, I agree. And this is, I know this for a fact, you know this for a fact. So, let's say you wanted one of your homies to transfer to Clark Atlanta. Right. After you get eliminated from the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Are you going to wait the next day, the next week, to call your homie to put in his transfer papers, or are you going to call him from the parking lot? If I want, if I really want him, yeah, I'm calling him from the locker room. Okay, so Draymond, you called the man from the parking lot after Game Seven, after LeBron gave you the business. Now you want to turn around and say you don't need me, really, Draymond? And from what I've been told, you read a lot of Adrian Wojnarowski's uh, mm -hmm. Woj, mm -hmm. uh, one of the best in the business. Not only was KD getting a lot of pressure from the media. He was also getting a lot of pressure from the organization, right. okay? When you say organization, I doubt it was the cafeteria lady. I doubt it, it was the janitor. Who are you getting pressure from? Right. You, you're either getting pressure from teammates or administration. Draymond's the one that had the unmitigated gall, shout out Stephen A. Smith, mm -hmm. to tell me in the, in, the, in the huddle during a live game, we don't need you. So now look. My whole thing is when he posted that picture in the hospital bed, again, you got screws in your leg. Yeah, I got screws in my knee too. You got screws in your knee. Yo, mm -hmm. people got to realize, yo, I'm going under the knife. Yeah. And go 99, right. 98, 97. Somebody's going to cut me open. I got to now rehab. I, I don't care what nobody say. There's no dollar amount that you could pay somebody to want to put themselves through that type of stress, right. that type of trauma. Right. Hospital, blood work, knife work, yeah. now there's rehab. rehab. So, but I also do blame KD a little bit. You gotta stop caring what other people think. Right. Because you had to go under the knife by yourself. Right. Nobody else. Absolutely. So it's okay to say no. The word no is a liber liberating word. Yeah. The word no is a powerful word. Like, stop caving under the pressure. Wasn't he questionable for that game? Before? Yeah, bro, they say he was He tippled. was questionable the whole time, and then he's Tipo kept playing, right? He failed he the started? I ain't, cause I ain't yeah. start, He played 12 out of the 14 minutes. No minutes restriction. Mm. Steve Kerr, yeah, you are they, irresponsible. They actually now I that, see why uh, Michael Jordan punched you in the face in practice. They actually, they actually mentioned that like right before the game. It was like, he's going to play no minutes restriction. Right. Hey, bro, he hasn't played in a month. Right. I'm pretty sure it's in the kidneys. Like, what are y'all doing, boy? You know, it happens. And even during interviews, he's being openly defiant, not willing to either take responsibility or, oh, we'll save questions for Bob Myers. Right. Y'all screwed this up. Y'all know y'all screwed this up. The Players Association, Chris Paul, president of the Players Association, intervene these doctors cannot just do whatever they want and jeopardize the livelihoods of a lot of these black athletes Absolutely. like it's this is out of control so real quick before uh we get into the poorly journey uh, i read earlier that uh Kyrie Irving mm -hmm. um he's not gonna go back to boston you know he's not gonna pick up that option and um he also fired his agent and um He's going to rock nation sports. That's the rumor. Those guys are working. What, 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 are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Hold on, hold on. I mean. SP. 
at the end of the day, you want to be with the Rock, and they got they got the the best assets and the best resources to help you get your career where you need it to be, from a business standpoint. Black owned business. You know what I mean? Shout out to Jay, Mr. Billy. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Mr. Billy Jay Hover, man, one of the goats. So I I, I understand the move at the end of the day, um, and I kind of like that Kyrie's thinking that way. Because at the end of the day, you always got to be a businessman in this game because this game is just business and sports. Especially what they did to Isaiah. Yeah, you know what I mean? They get rid of you in a heartbeat, you know that. I'm good, my Danny Ainge, we don't mess with you on this side. Ha! <laughs> Yo, see, so I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas, they had him do an MRI, what, around the All-Star break that year? Told them he was good to go. Right. You can't hurt your hip any further than you've already hurt it. To the point where at the end he had like maybe one hip right. to play on. Yo, we these GMs they don't care. They want to win games. They want to sell tickets. They want to sell fifty dollar hot dogs. They want to sell merch. I support every player. Get your own independent physician. Isaiah Briscoe. Get your own independent physician. These team doctors work for the team, not you. Absolutely. Like, we've seen this happen one too many times. Absolutely. But yeah, Kyrie, um, you know, black owned. Mm -hmm. Like, you got you got, a, you got product you moving that we about to get into. Right. You look like me. I look like you. Right. I want to give you my money. We got to practice group economics. Absolutely. Claude Anderson. Absolutely. Read that, guys. All right, so. That's why I support the move. You know, I support him going to Rock Nation. As far as where he going to play at. I will hope you come to the Knicks, so I will hope I keep forgetting you. I keep forgetting you a Knicks fan. Yeah, I'm a Knicks mm -hmm. fan, bro. It's I tough being. It's tough man. being me, man. James right. Dolan, sell it's the tough. team. James yeah, exactly. Dolan. Exactly. But he's he, not going to do that. Gonna you're gonna a terrible musician, James Dolan. James Dolan. James Dolan. Get him out of there for us to be successful. You're not a great guitar player. Stop it. No. All right, man. So now that we spoke about a little bit of you know Golden State. You gotta make a call? Nah, I'm about to go live, man. Oh. I was trying, I was gonna do it before. Anyway. No, 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 we could just. So, yeah, man, so. We spoke about, you know, Golden State, Toronto, KD, Kyrie a little bit. Um, So, now we're gonna get into our guests. Like, as like everybody know, I created a show where I like to talk about people's dreams. I like conversations, you know. Um, I was a person who enjoyed learning from other people, you know, whether it was right or wrong, you know, uh, I was able to learn from them. Um, and I think it's, that's probably one of the best information you could ever get, you know, is learning from somebody else. So, uh, our guest, Paulie, man, um, he's, he's been through some things. And uh, coming from the Bronx, you know, using basketball, you know, as a tool, you know, to open up you know, so many doors. Um, but he was also doing it in the classroom as well, which is something, you know, that I applaud because sometimes us athletes, you know, um, could get consumed with just the sport, you right. know, and never really take advantage of, of learning, you know, that if something don't, that if this don't go right, I could still benefit from it, you know, right. in a different aspect, you know, of it. So, um... Man, let's get into it, man. So I wanted to start off, you know, I already mentioned, you know, you're from the Bronx, you know. 
just let people know, you know, what part of the Bronx you're from, mm -hmm. you know, how it was coming up, you know, and how how basketball was introduced to you. You can start from there. Wow, basketball was introduced to me from, from day one, bro, from the cradle. My pops um, grew up in Southside, Jamaica, Queens. He didn't have a father himself. He went on to play Division One at LIU. Um, and he put the he put the ball he put the ball in my in the cradle, literally. So how I look at life now, um, you know, I'm a point guard by nature and by design. So like I love when my shooters is scoring. I love when my bigs is happy. They running the court. They feeling good. Um, you know, I love to be a leader on the team and somebody that people can look to for guidance and count on me in crunch time. And I apply that to life too. So like even with y'all podcasts and with everything else we have going on, like I love seeing y'all getting views, love seeing people talking about hey now, because that makes me feel good because I'm a natural selfless leader. Like I don't give so much of myself over my over time just being raised as a point guard. You know what I mean? So basketball introduced to me from I, day I, one. I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off because Paulie, I feel the same. Way. Yo, exactly. Great analogy. Yo, exactly the same way. Yo, he's a he's a salesman. You could run for office. Yeah, this is so funny. I'd, I'd be your campaign manager. That's funny. Shout out to Roscoe Biggers, man. I seen him the other day. Um, we was in a spot watching a game, and he was like, "Yo, you could be president, Paulie." I'm like, "Yo, do time, man. I'm not really into politics like that." Everything is politics, though. You're right. You're absolutely right. I just feel like. Um, not to go crazy political, but I just feel like at a certain point when you're in politics, you gotta um, compromise your integrity mm. to a certain extent yeah. to get to the next level. You know what I mean? Like mm. even Barack, like Barack inspired the shit out of all of us, but it was certain things that he couldn't do because for, of for politics. Us, yeah, because of politics. Mm -hmm. and it's like then you look at him. So I, I still want to be the same. I still want to be able to go back where I'm from and walk in the store, get a glass of. Get a, get a milk from the store, whatever I gotta do, mm -hmm. and just still be people looked at me like, you know, he kept it up. He's, an, he's an everyday people's yeah, person. Yeah, he's just like us, you know? But, um, yeah, so I, I, started I started basketball young, bro. Like, it was the, the balls in the cradle. Um, and where I'm from, I'm from Castle Hill. So I ain't grow up in Castle Hill Projects, but I was raised there, you know what I mean? Soundview, um, Bronxdale, Monroe. That's my area. Shout out to Bronxdale. Yeah, shout out to Bronxdale. Shout out to my, shout out to my boy. C-Lows. Shout out to my brother Carl Krauser from Bronxdale. Pitt. Legend. What's up? Oh, Black shout legend. out to Cash. I haven't heard of... Haven't Papa heard of Pratt, Pratt, Mama Pratt. Yeah, the whole family. Pratt. Yeah, Carl, Carl Krauser's good money. He was just in New York not too long ago. Oh, so he's he's not uh, he's not in NY? Um, no, no, he lives in Pitt. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's where I'm from, like, growing up. Shit was gutter. Shit was rough. Like we from the hood, y'all know, like, you supposed to only be able to make it to 18. Or if you make it to 25, you're a success. 25, you're yeah, decent yeah. Decent job, you don't even gotta be just success. Because there's so many people that didn't make it. Like, I had a lot of friends that got killed early. So, you know, growing up with me, I was fortunate to have my my dad in my life. My mom and my dad been together for 40 years. Let's clap it up for that one. Yeah, yeah. Black love. Yeah. Yeah. 40 years. Yeah, 40 yes, years, man. bro. Long before I've been here. So that's where my foundation and my roots come from, you know what I mean? So That's culture. Yeah. And it's rare too. Man. No, because our generation, we're screwed. These women ain't... <laughs> that old love, that, that Al Green whispers 40 years. Yeah, it's different. I hope. I wish. 
I hope. It's different nowadays because people do everything for attention nowadays. Attention. Or, you don't really know people's motives. You know, yep. you know why they're trying to get next to you. They just want the attention that you got. So it's, it's scary. But, you know, having my having my mom and my dad in my life, it helped guide me. Um, stable foundation. Yeah, stable foundation. Super stable. You know, like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, we ain't have all the flyer sneakers. Like, we in, we in a spot right now. Family yeah. NYC, they got all the Jordans and Yeezys and all that. My pop is like, yo, you're going to that $49.99 rack over there. And you're going to be happy with that. But that made me appreciate the value of money. Yeah. So when I first got my first pair of Jordans, I had saved up for that. I saved yeah. up my little check. I was working some youth or whatever. Saved that up and cop those. And I felt mm. good about it. Like, mm -hmm. I earned that. But then I had my big brothers. You know, my big brother, C. Nick. Mm -hmm. um, and my brother, Keith. And they, they just kind of, like, I was, I, was, I was blessed, bro. I ain't never get bullied. I never got picked on in my life. But from day one, everybody knew that that's, that's Paulie. Like, he he, a young brother, those guys over yeah. there. You know what I mean? Village. Yeah, it was the village. Yeah. So that's what kind of molded me into the to be the person I am. And like I said earlier, as a point guard, you know you got to be a leader. So I always thought, even just hanging out at 12, 13, 14 years old, if I go left and it's the wrong move, then everybody that's behind me, that's with me, we all going to make the wrong move together. So I would tell my guys, like, yo, we got to go right. That we not going left today, we going this way. Mm -hmm. I just got a feeling. And we go that way and for the most part everything worked out. So I always just looked at myself as a leader and I'm like, yo, I wanna lead my troops the right way. You know what I mean? So So how was it that you ended up at a same race that you had a, a, a feeling that, you know, mm -hmm. that was the right move for you, you know? Um was it because, you know, you came in with some of the players, you know, that was on the team as well, you know, like how how did that dynamic came about? Cause you came in with a, you came in with some, yeah, we had some, some dogs. dogs. Yeah, yeah, facts. <laughs> you facts. came in with some dogs. That's a fact. Um, my brother was at same race. Yeah, yeah. So my brother was a senior when I was a freshman, so the mm. red carpet was rolled out right away. Um, and honestly, yo, it's crazy to say it, my mom, um. See, we, I, like, I, I learned the business of sports, like, when I got to college, a little after high school, when I got to college, that's when I realized, like, this shit is really structured for you to do what you got to do for yourself and your family. It ain't about nothing else. But when, I, when we were younger, my mom didn't want us to take the train, like, that far, and, like, my pops was like, yo, you don't really got to travel too far if you don't want to. But it was so many other options, bro, like, we was getting, I was getting recruited by a lot of different high schools, and a lot of different coaches wanted me to go there. But St. Ray's is right up the block from my crib, like Castle Hill to Parchester, right down the block, pretty much. My brother was there, so it was comfortable. But Mo Hicks was also wanting me to go to Rice as well, and they had a whole crew over there too, shout out to all those guys. But St. Ray's was just a good fit because it was convenient, and the history of the St. Raymond program speak for itself. You know what I mean? So it was like, a, you know, coming up in our era, um, you know, not to shit on all the young guys now, but I, I felt like it's, it was it was a lot more competitive and it was a lot more of a jungle. It was different, it man. Was different. It was wolves, yo. It was, it like, was yeah, like, we was, we was cool, you know, when we got off the court, but, like, on the court, it was just... Nah, I'm not your friend. You know, like, right now, I need to be taking IG selfies <laughs> right before the game. You know? Like, nah, I'm trying to kill you. I love you after, but, but on this court, I'm trying to kill you. So, same raise, and then, um... I came in, like you said, I came in with Alan Ray, my guy Buddha. Um, Buddha! The wrong folks, D folks. D folks! Shout out to my brother, D folks. D folks, man. folks, I love man. D -folks D man. Good guy, guy, man. I love D folks. Those are my brothers. So guy, I knew we had a crew coming to St. Ray's too, so I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go to Ray's, man. That's just what it is. And then, like I said, which is easy, my brother was there already. 
It was just convenient. So, you were at St. Ray's. Mm -hmm. After St. Ray's, you end up, like you mentioned, you know, you went to Clark Atlanta. Right. How it was a journey to get there, though. That's what I wanted to get to. You yeah, know, how, 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 how was that process? It was a journey, bro. Because my senior year in St. Raymond's, um, that summer, I was, um, I was supposed to go to, like, I wasn't heavily recruited. So I'm like, all right. You know, everybody, when you're growing up, the goal is to play D1. D1. And then shake David Stern's hand. Mm -hmm. I ended up shaking David Stern's hand about three years ago at a different, at a networking event. And I was like, y'all, I always know I was going to go pro and shake his hand. So it felt good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, <laughs> backtrack to that. You know, that's the goal. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, you want to go right. on stage right. and shake his hand. Right. You want to be a second round or your family live streaming from your journey, you get drafted. You want to shake his hand. So um, I got hurt. I got hurt. Um, I tore my ACL like my senior year summer, playing in the park, playing the Castle Hill Projects, trying to get 40 petty in the, little, in, in the hood tournament. You know, you're trying to put on for the hood. And um, that that specific um, fall, I was supposed to go to a couple big time prep schools. We, it was either Blair Academy to play with Charlie and um, Cisco. No, Cisco wasn't there. Um, Charlie Villanueva was, it was there. A and um, I forgot who else was there. They had a crew though. Nah, Curtis Curtis Stinson was in there. Nah, Curtis went to um, Curtis went to Notre Dame, I think. Notre Dame. They went to Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But we, you know, it was gonna New just, England. It was it was a a, a a team where I could just go on, average fifteen assists, eighteen assists. I got two monsters in the wings, and I'm going high D one or whatever major, whatever, and that's my dream. So I got hurt. Um, then I rehab for a year. I sat out for a year. I had to get a job. I was I was managing managing a gym in um one hundred third and second. I was managing a youth program there. Um, then that next year, I ended up going to Berkshire Academy, Berkshire School. We went 24-3. and three. We broke every record um, that you could think of in New England. But we still were, I still wasn't getting that recruiting love like I wanted to. And it's crazy. I remember one day, um, my coach came out the, the lunchroom, and he's like, how would you love to go to Harvard? And I'm like, now, you see, the way you look at me now is that we know what the value of Harvard mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. Because you, you had the grades. Yeah. I had the grades. I always had the grades, bro. School was easy for me. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I ain't a super bookworm or, or anything like that, but I just... But just your academia skills were just itself. super yeah, high. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I've been honorable since oh, kindergarten. Black like intelligentsia. You if I miss that, that I feel like I let my parents down. Mm. You know what I mean? Because my pops and my mom sacrificed everything for me. So he asked me, yo, how would you feel like going to Harvard? And I'm like, ah, I, I think I had to get like a 1200 on SAT. And I got like a 1120, not even trying. And I never took it again. Because I'm thinking, well, I want to go to Providence. I was getting recruited by Providence at the time. This, that. Not the way I think it now. Come on, imagine my network. If I you would have been going to school with the 1%. Come on. But we, we your kids, up, no, we ended up your kid, Yeah, you, yeah, you about to be the one. You, you the 1% <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Um, it was just that basketball mentality. So I went to Berkshire for a year. Um, you know, we all um, shout out to KO, Kamandre Holes, and um, uh, my boy uh, uh, Jason Mattis. I was there as well. Jared Mattis. I mean, Jared Mattis, Jason brother, um, JC brother. Um, we didn't really. We wasn't really heavily recruited because the coaches were kind of new, so they didn't really know a lot of people. You know, you know that. Y'all know the game. Politics. She's all politics. Cause you you know. We could play basketball with anybody. If you from the hood, you from the Bronx, Harlem, Brooklyn, Queens, whatever, you could you could get on the court and play basketball with anybody. What's the matter if they're gonna give you the opportunity? Yeah. If you fit in the system, like you talking about Draymond earlier, 
I don't like Draymond's game personally, but he's with the right system. Right man. system, yeah. Put him on the East Coast team, he ain't gonna be no. He ain't doing nothing. That's what I always tell people, man. You're absolutely right about Paul. But they don't need you, Draymond. From from um from Mil from Berkshire, I went to Milford Academy. Um, and where where's Milford Academy? Milford used to be in Connecticut, but it's upstate New York. Okay. Um, so I went there, did my thing, crazy. It just a lot of different things happened there. Like the coach got fired. One of the coaches got fired. It was so much turmoil. So once again, like. I'm doing my thing. We going to all these tournaments. I was I was doing numbers in Milford, like real numbers, like double double every game, killing everybody who we playing on the circuit. We playing against all of these prep schools, you name it. Um, and it just wasn't clicking still. So I'm like, yo, this like chasing this D1 dream is like, it might not be all of that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's something I got a call um, from a coach in, in junior college in Oklahoma, Colorado State. Goes back to being the hurt shit. Mm -hmm. So, long story short, I ended up going there. I turned Miami Dade Junior College down to go to Oklahoma, cause that was my mindset. How would your life been exactly. if you was in Miami? <laughs> I went to Miami. You would have went to class. I don't know, bro. <laughs> it would have been different. Miami. And I knew that about my yeah. school. Yeah. Different vibe. It would have been different. different. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to Oklahoma. I'm gonna lock in. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna really focus up. I'm gonna do what I gotta do. That's maturity for you at a young age. You self awareness. Yeah. I knew that, bro, because I knew at the end of the day, it's like, we doing this shit for a reason. Like, mm -hmm. our ancestors want us to be great. Our parents want us to be great. Our mm -hmm. brothers, our friends is looking. Our, our, our people in our hood is depending on us. Mm -hmm. we, we role models at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I embraced that early. So I went to junior college in Oklahoma. I had to try to come back early. The same thing with KD. Messed my knee up again. Because mm -hmm. um, remember, this is mine. This is all after rehabbing a torn ACL after St. Raymond's. Um, so I get a call from University of Delaware. They like, yo, we're gonna offer you a scholarship. D one, alright, boom, I finally got the D one dream, let's get it. Come your official visit is um let's say the official visit is on Saturday. It's Wednesday. I'm hyped. I'm, I can't wait to get out of Oklahoma. It was a great experience, I had a good time, but I'm I'm out of here. It's time to go. On like Thursday morning, no Friday morning. My visit was Saturday through the weekend. Mm -hmm. The whole coaching staff gets fired. What? Literally, bro. The whole coaching staff got fired at the University of Delaware. That's my shot. I got offered. They just wanted mm -hmm. me to come, show me, give me my roses so I can smell them, sign the paperwork. Get the fuck out of here. Let's get it. They got fired. So then the, that summer, I don't know if I'm going to go back to Juco because I, I was freshman. So I had another year in Juco if I wanted, or I could just transfer anywhere. One of the coaches on the staff, um, he's like, yo, I, just, I know you don't want to play Division II basketball. I know what you want trying to do, but I just got a situation at Clark Lane University, blah, 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 blah. So my my first gut instinct, just being from the hood, being a hooper, I'm like, yo, I don't know that school. I never heard of it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. He's like, just come on a visit. You're going to like it. Just come on a visit. Atlanta. Atlanta. Mm, black booties everywhere. Bro. My school is 18 and 1, bro. Is that, um, it's Clark Atlanta by uh, Spellman? Yeah, it's the same thing, AUC Center. So it's, it's mm -hmm. um, Clark Atlanta, oh, Spellman, and Morehouse. Yo, we gotta go to Spellhouse. Homecoming? Yeah. Yo, actually, y'all should come down with me this October because it's, oh it's my 10 year anniversary for being from graduating. But, class we'll, we'll get into that. Are you activating 
Oh yeah, y'all is gonna be there. Oh okay. We don't we don't we not distributed in, in um in Atlanta yet, but I'm gonna make sure cases is there. Cause I I go to um Howard Homecoming a lot. My sister went to HU. So how would be different? If it, yeah, one of one of my one of my homies. So if you activate the pack yeah. at a at, at a at a oh, HBCU you, you home, yeah, okay. You, you know the vibe. Okay. You know the vibe. So October, all right, yeah, we going with October. you. October. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, Hangout Podcast. <laughs> let's do it. Yave. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We doing that. Let's do it. I like the way that sounds. It's my ten year anniversary, so it's gonna be major. I'm gonna make sure it's, we got from now to. So you day. and the whole team have y'all on the show. Let's do it. Let's set that up. Let's do it. Atlanta, because like, Atlanta, man. I never been to Atlanta. Oh always wanted to go. Never Bro, been. To you you may not come back. Never, never been to Atlanta. Always wanted to go. To be honest with you, that's what happened. I got a lot of people tuning in right now. A lot of shout out to all my people out there. So, but, um, that's what happened. So I didn't want to. I never thought I would play Division Two basketball. Coming from where we come from, pedigree. My pops played D one. He didn't even have a father. He gave me all his tools he had. We played at the highest level. Look at everybody that we played with. So I went to Atlanta, and I'm like this. I remember they took me out the night. He got game flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took, they took yeah. me out. <laughs> they went out. We did a couple of things. I'm like, yo, the next morning I woke up. Yo, coach, where do I sign? <laughs> I'm coming here. I called my posture. He said, you sure? I'm, I'm sure. positive. Yeah. <laughs> because I, at that point, I, st- I was getting a little I was getting a little more mature. Mm-hmm. So I started looking like, yo, I could do some things in the city business-wise. Mm-hmm. Like I could make I could make a living outside of hoops in Atlanta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a lot of people go to school just because it's D one, but you go mm-hmm. to South Dakota State, but you gonna live in South Dakota for yeah, the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you go to just Boise, or or just different places just because it's D one, but mm-hmm. you don't think about life after basketball. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's do it. I signed with the A, and, and the rest was history after that. That's that kind of You know, that was the key to opening the door to my life. So how was that experience? You know, coming from the Bronx, you know. Going to Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know, how was the adjustment? It's a cultural adjustment, bro. If you know anything about HBC, Greek life is big out there. It's crazy. Greek Chicks be bougie. They be they bad, but they bougie. But 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 they like the up north sauce. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know that's when you just slay them all. Know what I mean, and stand <laughs> over them after you're done. But that, that's a conversation for another time. That is <laughs> different podcast. Um, nah, it, w- it was crazy. It just I was like one of the only Puerto Ricans on campus. Definitely, yo. So it's just a shock, you know, like just being, being away from home. You know, you you on your own. You got freedom. You gotta learn how to be disciplined. You got a couple of little dollars. You kind of broke in college, so you're making the best out of it. Um, and and in the A's, it's um I went to HBCU, so obviously it's predominantly black. I'm from the hood, so I grew up. I'm half black. Mm-hmm. I grew up with nothing but you know black and Hispanic mm-hmm. um, people. But you know my experiences in prep school allowed me to be diverse enough to know, um, you know that the world is big. How to deal with all kinds and of walks of life. Yeah, so just I was just universal, bro. So it was kind of like a seamless transition for me, honestly. Like, so let's cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. How how did the women treat you? Oh, they love me. They loved you. Of course, okay. I'm the point guard. I'm the captain. I'm the top from, from New York City. Top five on campus from day one, bro. So, so um... You know that. <laughs> so now... It was, it was all love. So now, love. you're hooping. Mm-hmm. You're holding it down on the court. Mm-hmm. But, you also did your thing, you know, in the, in, in the school. Right. You know, you right. was on the honor roll. On, you said you was on the honor roll on the team, you know? Yeah, I, I was on the, um, the, the SEAC, the Southern Inter, 
athletic collegiate conference. I was on an all academic team. Um, my my whole three years at Clark. So you're looking at yeah, people. one out of five people in you know the whole conference. I think it's 15, 16 teams. And then when you and then when you was doing the master's program. Mm-hmm. So when I when I got my MBA, the crazy story like how everyone wanted to do that. Really? My last college game, I fouled out in my last college game in my career. We were up seven points, similar to the, what's the name by the name. We was up seven points with a minute and forty five seconds left. All you gotta do is get fouled and make free throws. I'm the number two free throw shooter in the conference. KJ was number one. You remember Kevin Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My back me at Clark. Oh, what? Literally. Fire, so, fire. So, all we gotta do is get fouled, make the free throws, game over. Yo, I closed out on the shooter. I just turned around. I ain't even do nothing. He fell on me. Boop! Fouled out. I'm on a bench, sick. My whole life passing me by this minute and a half. Yeah, what, what's next? <laughs> Literally, we couldn't get the rock up the court. We was in the semifinals. We was one game away from playing on ESPNU in the national, in the championship game for the SEAC division. And if we win that, we go to national two, the D2 mm -hmm. national dance. So the whole time, I'm just watching the game. It went so fast, it was like a blur. We ended up losing. We couldn't get the ball over half court. They trapping the guard. They trapping KJ. They trapping my boy Najee Lane. One of the best players to come out of Clark Atlanta too. Um, they trapping us all over the court. We end up losing. The athletic director at the time, Dr. Tamika Jones, um, she just walks up to me after the game and she's like, "Yo, what you gonna do? It's time. Like, you gonna make God make a decision." And I'm like, "Yo, I already told you. You know, I want to go pro in life. I don't care about ball like that. Like, ball got me here, and it's cool. But you know, when you put in enough work to go to the league." Mm -hmm. Like you hear a lot of people complaining, or you see people watching TV. I can do that, cause no, you can't, bro. You know how hard that is. That yeah. shit is real. You're <laughs> tired of hell playing in that court right now. Yeah. You could take the best three wheel player right now. You put him out there, he wouldn't even be able to make a layup. He'd be so tired and just caught up in yeah. like So I knew right there, I just had to make a decision, bro. And she called me and she was like, "We want to create a position for you." So they created a graduate assistant to the athletic director position mm. for me. She, was like, she saw something in you. She saw something in me. Because I was the vice president of the student. Oh, for the athletic committee. director. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got, that's how I even became the president of the business school. So I was the assistant AD. So that's fine. Because you see AD. I see everything. everything. So that's when I learned. Budgets. Everything. <laughs> My God. Oh. That's when I learned the ins and outs of the business of sports. And I'm like, nah. Hold up. We got this much money. This many people came to the game, we made this much, mm -hmm. oh nah, I want in on that. Mm -hmm. Like, how much this person make, how much that person make, or oh, what's up? What's our budget? Then I'm like, all right, I can see, I can see where life after basketball is going. It's a good game already, huh? I know, cool. So, you know, after that, that's why, that's why I've, I've seen you know, the vision for life after basketball because I was a graduate assistant to the AD, so I, I got to sit in no means. I'm telling my coach that was coaching me at the time, yo, we got a meeting Friday at 7. Be there. Like, yeah. I just, I went from playing, being a student athlete, to all of a sudden being in a position, in a position of power because then I ran, I was an administrator on site for every homecoming concert, oh. every concert. So, every what, what, what concerts? Oh, yeah, talk to me about that. Bro, everybody you could think of, bro, we did 
I was, after, after Clark Atlanta, I did so much concerts. I threw, I threw, last year I threw a bunch of concerts. Anybody you could think of, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. Um, what what years were you at Clark? Um, 06 to 09. And then I got my undergrad in 09. Mm -hmm. And then I got my MBA in 2011. So you, so was, you was there during that... Rise of the Nipsey's. Yeah, how y'all see Future? Coles. Yo, bro, I did Future first. You put it up on YouTube right now. I did Future's first concert in the AUC. I remember. I remember Greg Street hit me. Greg Street, OG sneakerhead. OG. Sneaker. Not none of you new niggas. Yeah. If you don't have pink <laughs> SB boxes, if you don't have gray SB boxes, get out of here. We've been doing this since you was in your daddy's pants. But yeah, go ahead. Different. Nah, great. When I when I was the um when I was a graduate assistant um at Clark Land, I was, one of my responsibilities was head of game promotions, in game mm. promotions. So I'm like, yo, when you go to you know, when you go to D two games and D three games it's it's different in D one. D one is everything, it's T V timeouts mm -hmm. and two there's more in game activation. So mm -hmm. you got state farm, you got this company, this company throwing shit in the crowd mm -hmm. and all that. There was there was happening in my school. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yo, let me merge this let me merge this avenue, let me also merge the sports and entertainment avenue. I started meeting people, I started going out, I started knowing everybody in the A. So I remember Greg Tree called me and he like, yo, we got I gotta act, I wanna perform at the halftime game. I'm like, alright, let's do it. And it was supposed to be young Chris, but but he got locked up at the time. Remember they had that song Racks on Racks on Racks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just on the hook. Yeah. The the artist was young Chris, I think his name was. The day of the show he got locked up. So Greg Tree was like, yo, we got future here though. I'm like, yo, who that? I ain't really know him. Yeah. And then I met him, I'm like, yo, fan was good, baby. I'm like, yo, just sing the hook, bro. Like, the hook is gonna go crazy. Everybody mm -hmm. gonna go crazy. So on YouTube, you pull it up. He starts singing the hook. Yo, it went crazy. You know, the the, the grease starts stepping, mm -hmm. you know, like, back, something, right? It was crazy. The whole joint was shaking. And then I just was doing that. Like, I had Young Joe perform a bunch of times. Just different people, because everybody in the AUC, like in Atlanta, the colleges is what makes the city thrive. The colleges bring in, I think, in excess of 190 million plus a year. Because you got Clark Atlanta, you got Morehouse, you got Spelman, you got, you got Georgia Tech, you got right Georgia here. State, you got Savannah Art and Design, you got so many schools. So everybody wants a piece of that pie. Like, everybody want to be popping on, on campus. Mm -hmm. Like grown ass men, you know what I mean? Like they want that love. So I was just able to merge the two and it just worked out beautifully, you know what I mean? So do you think, um, do you think basketball? <clears throat> Like, help you, you know, to be in the position that you know you are today. You know, was, yeah, was you able bro. to use that as a vehicle? Basketball is everything, man. And like I said, I'm a point guard, so you you could tell sometimes when you do business with people, when they're not like a win-win type of business person, you know because you know that they never have to play on the team. They ain't never have to run ten suicides because because somebody missed a free throw, yeah, mm -hmm. or somebody missed a free throw, or they ain't never have to be like, ah, I can't be selfish right now. I got to sacrifice for my man because he's hot and he, he got to score. So basketball just taught me the, the fundamentals and the discipline that I needed to be successful, one. And two, it taught me about being a, um, shout out to Daniel Artest. He just, he just joined the joint. Oh, young, young, young Yeah, Artest. young monster. <laughs> Love the Artest brothers. Um, oh. Ron Ron's little brother, Metal yeah. World Peace. Uh, Yo, that I'll documentary talk, was talk, amazing. Did, did Yo. you get to watch it? Nah, I ain't see it yet. Fams, please, yo. Please, yo. I ain't see it yet. Y'all heard, uh, heard that shit better than Felipe joint. Yo, it is. To this day, I reason, support the malice and the, the palace. The reason why I think it was fire I support it. is because 
we got to understand. That's tough. We got to understand right, so more. I take the stance with you. I we got to understand you. more about like he was really going through some mental stuff, you know, and right. he was like he wasn't closed off about it, you know. He really like broke it down. Just passing through, like real quick, like in the documentary after the you know the fight, he was saying that they was in the locker room yeah. and. He was um, asking like Stephen Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, and Stephen Jackson, like, are we in trouble? Are we in trouble? Like, are we not <laughs> well, you gotta understand. You know, something. so it's like, <laughs> and he that, said Stephen Jackson looked at him like, yo, like, do you know what we just did? You know, so like, you could just tell, man, like, it, it, it for me, like, him talking about his his mental illness, you know, and yeah, how it, you know, I heard coping that and stuff. Yeah, like, I gotta watch. It's, it's a very like, no gas, like, ver it's learning fine. experience. It's a learning experience. I heard, I heard like. Like 20, 30 minutes in, it's other people talking about him. So by the time he comes out, you feel like you know him already? Yeah, yeah, man, that's like how, how they did it. No, I'm funny. a content junkie. Yeah. I love to watch documentaries. Me too. Because I, I, don't, I don't like to read. That's right. something I have to work on. Right. I learn watching content. But like, he, I learned that, you know, people are, are layered. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he had his mental health issues, but also a very uh, introspective. Mm hmm type of person right so and I think at the time the NBA wasn't versed on supporting players with mental health right. issues I agree right so I think had Ron Artest been a young player in today's game maybe some of the triggers some of the issues that he had Could wouldn't have been, have been you know exacerbated on right, right, right. on a national platform right but like yeah very uh yeah, man, black men, we 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 gotta and take care of our mental we, health. Before Absolutely. we go back to Paulia, and another thing, a lot of people was making fun of him when he won the chip. You know, he was the first thing he said is that I want to thank my therapist. He broke. You know, he he broke. You know, a lot that of people down. was like, now why yeah. would you do that? But in right. reality, his therapist right. like really like told him how to control his emotions. You know, and make him understand like, hey. Right. Some days, you know, you might be a little off, but mm -hmm. you know, you can't control it. So coping think, mechanisms. So just I mean, that's something that, that we need to talk about in the black and brown community, though, because mm -hmm. it's so like cliche or it's just so frowned upon. If you say like, "Yo, I'm depressed today," or "I'm stressed," or "I'm down," people look at it as like a weak thing versus mm -hmm. yo, it could just be mental, mental thing. Like, yeah. He need an outlet. He need somebody to talk to. And I, I'm glad he did say that because that's something that we gotta talk about for sure, for sure. sure. When you get a chance, man, like, I'm gonna check it out. It was, I have it to. It was dope. It was dope, man. I heard it was better than Philippe, but I'm like, I don't know who produced wrong. I mean, it was, it, it, it's like comparing apples to oranges. Okay, it's different. Both projects yeah, are yeah. necessary. I, yo, I was about to say, because I don't know who produced wrong on joint, but I live Philippe joint. Like, I remember Dave Jones used to let me, you know, when you playing for Gauchos and Riverside, you got mm -hmm. access to everything. I was super pretty. Dave used to let me rebound for Philippe and Steph when I was, mm -hmm. when I was like, Steph who? Marbury. <laughs> Let the people know. Yeah, Stephon Marbury, the legend. <laughs> Stephon Marbury is different. I shout out to Steph, man. Steph always show me love. Steph is super different, bro. I just see him come over half court, taking two steps in from half at the Chose. You know Chose is this a little long, deep, a big, ass, big court. ass court. And junior junior high school like this, pro game. That jump shot he's shooting now, straight up, straight down, mm -hmm. he's been saying. shooting that shit since he was 17, 16. He always had it. So he would come from Coney Island. Dogging everybody, bro. <laughs> Yo, the first time I ever seen a point guard dunk on somebody was him. I remember I told him one day we was going back and forth on Twitter one day. This is when Twitter was popping years ago. And I'm like, Yo, big bro, the first time I ever seen you, a point guard dunk on somebody was you. He caught an alley-oop. It was golden hoops. 
No, Round Ball Classic. Round Ball Classic at the shows. Oh, it's Somebody threw him. Classic, it was Steph Marbury and Felipe in the backcourt. Cat. Yeah. Monsters. Monsters. They coming Definitely. down like this, running straight down. It's 90 miles per hour. Somebody threw him. Oh, he windmilled that shit on somebody's head in the shows. Everybody went crazy. I'm like, yo, he's different. He gone. But I, 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 I grew up on that type of time. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I used to be their ball boy. Like, I used to... Just be wanna just wanna see them what they do, like their work ethic and all that. Just to be around that energy. Just to be around that energy, bro. Cause you know you know they was going from since they were younger. It was different. Like Felipe, the Dominican dream, man. Shout out to Felipe, man. It was it was phenomenal uh, God, man. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Better God than he was a basketball player. Mm. That's sure. a lot. I, one one thing about Felipe, man, he always showed love. That's one thing for sure, for sure. To everybody, you know, he always showed love. So shout out to him. So Get your masters. Mm -hmm. And what do you get your masters in? So I got my I got my MBA in marketing. So you're a marketer. <laughs> no, yeah. I, yo, so I see. Now, bro, one of my teachers came up to me in undergrad because I got my undergrad in supply chain management. Um, that's pretty much just managing a business process from A to Z. Mm -hmm. But one of my teachers came up to me. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, marketing. Like, why you don't got a marketing me?" And I was like, "Yo, maybe I do it if I get my master's. Maybe I don't know." But that was one of them situations once again when. Most inner city youth, I ain't gonna say New York kids, they just go to college to do enough to play. Mm -hmm. And then I even thinking about, all right, what's my major? What mm -hmm. is this gonna do? What kind of job can I get with this shit? They just doing it to do it. So when he told me I should be a marketing major, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I've been marketing and shit my whole life. We are the culture. Everything we wear, everything. We everything on, starts with grassroots starts corporations. Period. Give us our coin. That's a fact. <laughs> Me and you, we have nah, the like three of us energy, have bro. to build that, that's, that's, we gonna because build. We gonna man, I have some issues with some of these. All right, you right? Let me, I don't want to digress. Right. So, <laughs> you got your <clears throat> you got your masters. Mm -hmm. What was next for you? Um, what, what did you, what did you want to accomplish next? Um, honestly, I just wanted to be my own boss. Um, I so it, it's crazy. The story is so deep. Like, I turned out every single, when I was the president of the business school, I became president because my, my, my classmates, like the first year you're not eligible to be president. And you was year, also the first athlete. First student athlete ever to become president of the business school, period, popular in history. Um, if you go there now, they got a big poster of me right as soon as you walk into school. But, um, Fuck, I'm talking about Yeah, my guys in my class was like, yo, we, we got, we got some, we got, we got a win-win situation for you. Like, you got first of all, the bad news is you got to be president. Cause I ain't want none of that. Like, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I, I love Clark Atlanta, so I was doing it off GP. Like, I was mm -hmm. supporting the school. You're a bit, you're a big part of the culture. And I've been part of the culture. Yeah, like, I played, sweat equity. I sweat equity. I yeah. made it. I cried in this shit. I ain't care about no political office. And it was like, yo, you gotta do it because one did a long story short, I did it, and I had got offers from every corporate job you could think of, bro. Domino's flew me to Michigan. To Detroit, um, Bank of America, Texas Instruments, Walmart. These are all hundred thousand dollar plus jobs. I'm sitting across from the CEO. All of these companies when I go on these interviews. But I always just thought like, all right, if I'm sitting across from you, why do you have me here? Like the dude from Domino's, I'm sitting on a big table, and he was an ex. That, that's also uh, 
a mind mechanism too. Right. Was his chair a little elevated than yours? Nah, it wasn't. But I've been in meetings like that though. Oh, okay. Nah, I've been in meetings like that before. Okay. Word. You know what I mean when I ask you that. Yep. A absolutely. Right. They want you to feel like you're a little inferior. Yep. So yep. You might give in to whatever they say. Yep. I remember sitting with him and um, I'm asking him questions. And he, I'm like, how did you transition from an athletic director to CEO of this company? And he's like, yo, I just, I solve problems and I fix them. Like, I find problems and I, and I fix them. Feeling the like, need. Bro. I'm like, yeah, me too. And he's then, I left I left, left his office, the vice president of HR for Domino's is like, yo, um, damn, I forget his name, Patrick, Patrick um, Doyle, I think, Patrick something. Doyle, yeah. Patrick Doyle. Irish name. Yeah. Yep. He's like, this, yo, Patrick wants to hire you right now. He's going to offer you this or that. I'm like, nah, I got to go back to New York and think about that. I gotta go back to Atlanta and think about it. Mm -hmm. So I just always sort of value myself. They didn't want you to leave the room without signing. Yeah, they didn't want yeah. to try to rush me or something. Yeah, don't let them marginalize you. My dream you. wasn't to work for Domino's. Mm -hmm. I wanna, I'm gonna eventually own my own pizza shop. I'm mm -hmm. gonna this pizza. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do a couple chains of them, and I wanna have, have like a lounge atmosphere at mm -hmm. night, but like about a slice by the day. Mm -hmm. We don't really got that in New York. Like they got mm -hmm. a lot. They got a few in Atlanta. But I, I seen the vision for it, but um. From from after after I got my MBA, I'm like, yo, I want to be my own boss, but it would be good to get my feet wet, and in, in some type of corporation. So I ended up working for State Farm. Insurance. Like, yeah. Black people yeah. get a uh, life insurance. Get life insurance. Full Facts. and term. Facts. No more GoFundMe's. Yeah. Yo, it's crazy. Um. Then I just move forward. Then I just started doing my own thing. Mhm. Mm what did you transition after to? That. So after that, um. I moved. I moved back to New York. Um, I started. I started uh, managing programs for after school programming. Okay. Um, started managing after school programming. Uh, actually, for the largest provider after school programs in the city. Um, started managing the sports department. So, doing programs for twenty-seven thousand kids throughout New York City. Mm. Um, basketball, fall, spring, and winter, all type of schedules. Managing budgets. Managing budgets. Payroll. Payroll. Directing, I had like a staff of, had a big staff, 50 plus people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever it was. Um, started doing that. And then from there, uh, shout out to my, my partner, Candace Haynes. We started a company called Ignite Change. We just seen a, we seen a gap in, in, in the industry. Because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of corporate brands now, they have what you call like a, a social responsibility department or like yep. an inclusion Corporate responsibility. Corporate responsibility. Yep. So we like, yo, a lot of companies want to do it, but they, they might not have the resources or the relationships to do it. So we started a company called Ignite Change, where we pretty much partner um, athletes, celebrities, and um, with with entertain with um, nonprofits to promote social change. So like as you see, um, um, we partnered with Mellow. Yeah, yeah, the, the court. Up, yeah, we opened up a uh, we we re renovated the court in Monroe Projects. Okay. Yeah, we, we we renovated the court um, in Monroe Projects. Um, Fifty Cent and SMS Audio. Somebody had donated like I think it was like five ten thousand dollars worth of headphones um, for a basketball tournament that we had, and we just we made a, a campaign called "I Am a Champion." We asked kids why you're a champion, what it means to you, what it what it feels like, and if you want them, you win up their headphones. Um, Spray Ground Book Bag Company. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did an activation with them. They gave me like 300 book bags. And we, we went through all the hoods and we gave away every single one of them, bro. And then I keep one book bag. Question, so 
real quick. So when you going mm-hmm. into those meetings with mm-hmm. with these, you know, brands and stuff like that, these organizations, like, how do you approach them? You know, how, how how do you go about it? Um, for the young listeners, because yeah, for the, young listeners. The, the reason why he asks you that, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys can relate, but like growing up, when I think about having meetings with corporations. Mm-hmm we could somewhat feel intimidated. Right. One, you being the only person of color mm-hmm. in the room, you know, you see all these white men that have suits. Right. How do you get to a place where you're comfortable um, pitching your vision, right. but also articulating it in a way where they see value in investing in what you're trying to do? I mean, the major, the, the biggest key out of all of that is to know that you're there for a reason. Okay. They don't just call you into the office for no reason. Or they're not going to grant you a meeting because you're not supposed to be there. So I think the biggest thing is knowing that you're supposed to be there. And two, you got to do your research, man. Mm-hmm. Like how you were saying earlier, like a lot of a lot of our youth, they raised in the social media age, so they don't read enough books. They ain't do no book reports when they just had to go to the library and get the books. Yeah. They did Google. Google, Google. Which is all good. Like, that helped me get through my MBA. You know what I mean? Google, shout out to Google. They got a monster monster business model. Um, But at the same time, you know, when you go in to sit with these brands, it's about adding value. So how do you add value? How do you be an asset and not a liability? And if you can can formulate that into your pitch and get them to buy into that and then also show them your worth and who you have access to, then you should be good money. It shouldn't be no problem. So you never go into a situation like, I ain't gonna get this? Nah. I, um, you know, you get the, n- the normal nerves just like when you're hooping or whatever. But once it's game time, when the lights is on, bro, it's time to it's perform. Time to perform. Mm-hmm. I'm going hard, I'm going in. I'm gonna make sure. And the thing about it that people gotta understand, most people do business with people who they like. So if these brands like you, or if the person, whoever's the gatekeeper for this brand likes you personally, you got a shot. That's half of the battle right there. Mm-hmm. And the other half is just pitching whatever you're pitching. But most people that have a lot of money and these people that's in position, they got to they gotta trust you, they got to vet you, they got to feel like, all right, if I put my name on it, or whatever this dude is talking about, it's not he's not going to turn around and get arrested tomorrow for smoking or some stupid nonsense. That's right. And they shouldn't be doing so. It's about... People do business with people who they like, bro. It's the reason why Jay got the same people around him. He likes them. Yes. Those are his friends. He likes Emery. He likes OG Wong. He, he likes Tata. He likes Pekaz. Yeah. Lenny S is a likable man. Shout out to Lenny S, man. He, Lenny S opened up a lot of doors for myself and my team in a lot of different ways that people don't know. So I'm going to shout him out right now. Or, That's but, fire, know, man. He likes them. That's fire. That's fire. So now... You started that company, mm-hmm. right? So how do you get into the whole liquor? Oh. Spirits. You know, I, I, I want to know because like I mentioned to you earlier, mm-hmm. I've seen pictures of you. You're you going to the source. Yeah. You know, like you, you, was, you, 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 you was in Mexico. Yeah. You know, so I just want to know, you know, how did it came about? Mm-hmm. You know, how was you, you know? introduce you know to the product you know right. how you feel about it you know 
Right, help me pronounce it a little bit. Yave, 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 you know. Yave, 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 Companies in the world like Google, Coke, Pepsi, they're all four to five letters, one or two syllables. So we wanted it to be in the long in the long term, you're gonna remember this key. And then what do you use every day in your life? Everybody. No matter how rich or how poor you are. A key. A key. You know what I mean? Marketing, control, controlling the mind. There you go. Subconscious. Well, it was very strategic. Yo, he's a creative director. It was, it was right, very strategic. Mm -hmm. You know why we did it like that. But how I got into it, basketball. Really? I'm gonna tell you how. Um, you That's know, Ralph, you know Ralph Menard from the Riverbank State Park? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ralph Menard. He started a company called World Basketball Ambassadors Club. Okay. Right? And it was just based pretty much uniting different cultures and companies, I mean, different cultures and organizations through basketball. Um, playing like an Olympic style format, FIBA style basketball. Felipe is actually on the board. I'm on the board. So we were having a gala. And I was speaking at the gala. I was just speaking about the, ne the, ne the necessity for us to galvanize these youth and let them know like they got an outlet and let Chinese kids know they could come up town and play against Dominican kids and let Dominican kids know you got some Russians in Brooklyn, that's cool. We all love one thing, and that's basketball. So I was speaking at the gala and Joe Cruz Jr., who's the founder of Yave Tequila, was there. He was in the crowd. And this is when Yave was just an idea. It wasn't even named Yave yet. He just had an idea. He had been working in liquor for 25 years. He got tired of making everybody rich. He like, I'm gonna create my own shit. I'm gonna start betting on myself. Bet on myself. So this was the first day he came out, literally from his, he had went to hiatus for 10 months. He came out to sponsor the actual gala. But his sponsoring was just him bringing some bottles from his crib. He, like I said, he worked for 25 years. His liquor class. So he had, yeah, yeah. His story was just like this room. That serious, with everything you could think of. So he bought some wine to sponsor the gala. And after the joint, he's like, yo, y'all love your style. We just talking. We exchanged numbers that day. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm about to start a brand. Boom, boom, boom. He's telling me everything he want to do. So, mind you, like I was told y'all, the whole discussion, I'm a point guard. So I'm a free flow of information. I'm not a hoarder. If I know something that can help you, I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, yo, it's a fee. Yo, I'll tell you all of this and send you an invoice on the low, send you a cash out request. I'm going to tell you whatever I know. And if we could make it work, we can make it work. If you run off and run off with the plug, God bless you, bro. It wasn't meant for me. So we exchanged information for like four or five months, bro. Just talking, we have meetings, all different type of stuff. One day he called me and he's like, this, yo, Pete, I want you to be my consigliere in marketing. Everybody gotta go. Can you me. tell the people what that means? Consigliere? Consigliere is the guy. I don't even try to pronounce it's it's the man right. next to the guy. Like if you the guy and your man is the guy, that's that guy. Okay. But it's also to know. he's a trusted guy. So he gets he gets things done. He can be trusted. So you, you you're Frank Lucas. You standing next to Bumpy Johnson. Right there. Okay. Know what I mean? Uh, they they needed people needed to understand. Yeah. Bad analogy. Right. Okay. right. So <laughs> bad analogy. <laughs> but you know just you know the man next to the man like a right hand man. So I'm like I right. I'm like yo I'm with it. And he's like yo what's your schedule looking like for Memorial Day weekend? Um, in 2016 I think. I'm like yo. I'm good, I'm free, what's up, what we doing? He's like, how you spell your name on your passport? Mm -mm. Send on my name on my passport. 
He like this. Are you good these days? You sure? Good. About an hour or two later, send me the itinerary, Mexico. But so I'm like, all right. You know, we from the BX at the end of the day. We from the hood. So yeah. We from the Show Me State. Even though Show Me State in Missouri, we still want to see. Yeah. You know, <laughs> We changed our ideas, we building. I was, I started building a relationship with him. I still wanted to see for myself. Mm -hmm. Bro, we went to Mexico. We took the whole team down to Mexico. Everybody that, kind of the core people that makes Yave what it is. We went to Mexico. And that was a game changer, bro. That's my hook and sinker. Like, there's nobody that can tell me that it's not a good product, one. Or I don't know enough about it for you to buy into it. Because I was actually there. Seen how it was made. I seen the, I seen the um the hemodors, the guys that cut up the agave. I seen them working in the field, sweating hard to make this product. So it was like I got everything. We got everything we need and every resource to be successful. We seen it. It's like if you worked in liquor and you went to um you went to cognac France, so you got a chance to walk around Hennessy. Like nobody does that. Mm. You know, all these, like, you know, party promoters and people who push all these liquor brands, they ain't going. They're not going to the to the distilleries. They ain't going to the source. No. They're not going to float out to Mexico to go sit with Patron. Patron don't care about them. So, we created we created Yave for everybody. Like, Yave is for everybody. We want people to have fun. Liquor is supposed to be about fun, but everybody made about money. We just want people to have fun and enjoy it. And we also want to inspire the young people that, you know, it's not just about liquor, it's about being an entrepreneur. It's about having a goal and a vision and getting with some like amount of people and making it happen. So So what's uh what's different about the tequila? About um, the Yavi? One is we the first all natural line of flavored tequila. So, um we have the world's first mango tequila. Um we have coconut, we have jalapeno, and then we also have Blanco and Yeho Reposado. So what makes Yave is different is that it's super smooth on your palate. When we did our market research and when we, before we launched, the two reasons why people didn't um, drink tequila because it burned and it gives you a hangover. So Yave is 100% sugar-free and gluten-free. So no hangovers. Health. Health is wealth. And tequila is the most healthy spirit anyway because it's a stimulant and it has the less calories. I'm learning some shit because I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a special patented process um, on on how we make the actual tequila, and you know the different steps of the oxygenation process and all of that stuff, that makes it different, like fundamentally. And then two, you know, it's the first Puerto Rican owned flat out tequila in the world ever. The first. First. Straight up. Oh, oh, you, you gotta support that. Yeah. You gotta support that. So that's what Y'all got Terror Squad involved, Fat Joe? Nah, not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. We, we've been building organic relationships. Like, okay. Um, I mean, uh, Christian Dior. Christian Dior, um, he, I think, I don't know if he signed with Fat Joe. He affiliated Yeah, yeah, Fat yeah. Joe. The dude that be rapping, yeah, yeah. Spanish yeah, dude, right? Yeah, yeah, You know, you said, you mentioned Fat Joe, I think about him. But we got, you know, we got relationships with everybody. It's just a matter of, with the liquor game, it's like you want to be able to meet the demand. So a lot of people, like, you know, all my people from Atlanta, like, why you not in the area? All my people from LA, yo, why you not in LA? Gotta meet that demand. Gotta meet the demand. How often you go to LA? Um, not often, like probably like once or twice a year. Oh, okay. gotta be here. I should be home more. Love LA. Yeah, LA is cool. LA, my second favorite city. Yeah, I'll be out there the 21st. Are oh, you going for BT weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope. Yo, somebody. 
um, my boy Ross, Ross is on Team Yave. He was just he worked for United Masters, and he was just asked me if I'm gonna be out there. Cause it's a couple, you should you should pull up a couple there. opportunities that we could possibly get into. But the, the thing is with the liquor game, it's like say you get Cardi B to post your product, and her fans in Texas and Cali and New Mexico and Utah want it, and they can't get you it. You gotta be able to fill, fill the bad. orders. Yeah. So you rather grow at an organic pace mm -hmm. and, and mess with the people that want to mess with you. And, you don't have to spend no money on paid advertisements mm -hmm. and all of that stuff that don't matter because you got people in the Bronx and Harlem and Brooklyn and Queens. This is the hardest market to launch a liquor brand. New York City. Hardest market by far, bro. These brands. Why is that? Bro, it's so much competition. Because you're dealing with, like... And you're dealing with the majors. The majors is, you know, they're doing their thing out there. They, they got the resources and the marketing budgets to squash young up-and-coming brands that have no money to play. So, it's hard. But what I think, uh, what I think is dope with you guys with Yave is that I seen you guys is like really putting in the work. It's right. not like, all right, you know, I'm gonna tell somebody, you know, hey, you gotta go. It's like you guys are doing it like yourself. When I went to that, uh, to the compound. When I went to the compound, you know, I seen the guy that yeah, Joe Cool Jr. founder. He was, serving drinks. he was there serving drinks. Absolutely. Like, yeah, he's like, the founder. He's yeah. the founder. He's like... Humility. You feel yeah. me? He's like, yo, yo, you good? Yo, you want some more? Like, he's there. Like, he's also talking to people. But he also like, hey, let me pause. So I think that that's dope because, yeah, like what you were saying is, is, is like organic. It's like you could just tell that there's a, a real... Like, you guys really believe right. in the product, you know? It's not like you guys are just saying it, selling it just to make a buck. It's like... Yeah, guys was like real about it. So, for me, I was like, "Yo, that shit is fire!" Because it's like they're really pumping it. I had no idea about the tequila, but when I went to the compound, I was mm -hmm. like, "Nah, this is what Paulie messed with." Right. So then I was telling everybody who I was with, "Yo, try it." And when I hit you in the DM, what I right. told you, yeah. everybody was loving it. Right. So, Facts. I just want to give y'all a shout out because yeah. I I see the groundwork, mm -hmm. and especially with you, you everywhere with it. Nah, I appreciate that. You know, so that's Thank that's you. showing that Thank you, you for recognizing that, that that you out there, you know. A lot of people, working with a it. lot of people, always be bugging out. They be like, oh, so you, you just um, they be like, so what's your role in that? I'm, like, I'm a partner. He like, yo, why you here? I'm like, yo, this is the founder right here. He like, yo, y'all. We like, yo, you gotta understand something, y'all. We wanna be the people's champs, and we mm -hmm. from where y'all from. Mm -hmm. And I gotta be able to tell you why you like this and what's in it and explain you the story so you can even feel it more versus sending some pretty young ladies out, Yave girls with t-shirts and letting yeah. them serve you. You paying them 10 bucks an hour. Yeah, whatever. And that's cool. We're going to get to that point where we're going to have to do that at a certain point. But as many as many people as we can touch and reach out and touch and tell them the story now, let's do it. Like you said, humility, bro. I'm the type of dude, bro, right now, if y'all need me to, I'll mop the floor and sweep up in the back if it makes y'all look better. Nobody, it don't matter who play the front or the back, as long as we all win. That's the main objective, man. Period. So, I have a question. Mm -hmm. So, you're a creative director, high-level marketer. Many hats. Many hats. Mm -hmm. What is, like, the 18 or 24-month plan for you, but also for the brand Yave? Okay. Um, for the brand, uh, first and foremost, the year one was about proof of concept. Mm -hmm. We proved that. We're, we're in 200 different locations so far throughout New York, Jersey, almost 250 in Miami. We got every Dallas BBQs in the state. 
Okay. Got Prudential Center, Madison Square Garden. Um, we're going to be partnering with the Yankees to do some things. We're moving. We're moving throughout we're moving. New York. But obviously, we need spots uptown. We need more spots. Yeah. There's plenty of liquor accounts to get. Um, yeah, two is all about marketing. So that's why Kev said he see me everywhere because I'm like, I got a lot of relationships now. I'm leaning on my relationships to get it out there more now. Pounding the pavement. Yep. Pounding the pavement. Yep. Hard. Year three, within the next 18 and 24 months, is all about expansion for us. So we'll be we'll be going to the, the hotbeds of where to, people really consume tequila, like Texas and California. Those two take up almost 30% of tequila sales in the U.S. Um, so you, yeah. market research, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. They do their market research. Oh, yeah. This is strategic, bro. For real, for real. Because it's like with anything else, if you had a t-shirt line, you can't just send 200 t-shirts to Atlanta and hope your man... And not knowing the demographic, yep. And not know your demographic, not know your niche. So um, we'll be expanding nationally in the next 18 to 24 months. We're looking forward to doing some things in Puerto Rico, obviously the hometown. And we've been getting a lot of love in Australia, um, a lot of love in a few different pockets, different pockets mm -hmm. that you wouldn't even think of. Germany, crazy. Um... And then I also produce an off-Broadway stage play. Cat, let's talk about that. Yeah, it's called Checklist to Play. You gotta cut my live off. Oh, <clears throat> um, I line my personal life with my with my business because I just everything I work on is like a passion project. Mm -hmm. So, me personally, um, I'm a, I'm an executive producer for Checklist to Play. It's an off-Broadway stage play. We did eight sold-out shows so far. We're going for our ninth and tenth show in Queens, August seventeenth and eighteenth. Mr. Commodore is in it. We gotta pull up. Yeah, I gotta, we gotta pull up. We gotta pull up. We gotta pull up. Pull up. Pull up. Group, yeah, group economics. Yeah, we want and we want to get into that play world because it's a lot of money in there and there's a lot of people that look like us that's not in it. Mm -hmm. So we're doing something that's never been done before, like from a grassroots play. Like it's, it's gonna be y'all gonna hear about it soon, and then we begin opportunities for you know to make to pilot it for different networks and stuff too. So the TV. So me, for me personally, within the next 18 to 24 months, I want to really put my foot on the, the TV aspect of the game for us TV and movies and, and play in theater. Because I, like, I look at 50 somebody like 50 Cent. Yo. And that's what's really allowing him right now Yo. to say, fuck everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting TV money. You owe me money. Yeah, you owe me money. Pay me my money. But 50, you, if it's your man's, have the conversation yeah, offline. Come on. Man. Yeah, cancer. Yo, you know what's crazy? He's doing all that, and like you said, you like content. I think he's just fucking around. He just like content, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, nah, he's just this whole. The, I don't know if you guys watched it recently. The whole Bow Wow shit. I lo that was great content. So yeah, I was crying. That's so. funny. He was clown, yeah. Cause he had him with him in the spot, so I've yeah. been told you like yo. Sir, yeah, like he set him up. He set him right up, yo. Yeah, he he set him up. Though. He waited. Yeah. I'm gonna come away from. And I think Fifty knows the type of people that he could do that to. Yeah, come on. So man. he's like, yo, come on, man. I'm still a gangster from Southside Jamaica, Queens. At the end of the day, I can do whatever I want to do. But um, yes, yeah, so I want I, I want to definitely get into t like 18 next 18 to 24 months. I want to get more into the TV, film world, entertainment world. So Netflix, or are you going to just put yeah, it yourself we, on YouTube? You know what's crazy? Yo, people be asking me that all the time. Because another side of what I want to do more in the next 18 to 24 months is public speaking a little bit more. Because mm -hmm. I get booked often, but not enough where I'm like on some Gary V time where I'm yeah. putting up a branded video every other day and it's like content shoving down your throat. I haven't really, um, not, I don't know I had the time, but I haven't structured it yet the way gotcha. I want to. Um, but I absolutely want to do more more public speaking, for sure, for sure. Um, and 
I just want to keep helping my teams win, bro. Like, I'm involved in some major, major projects right now. And I want to keep on doing what I got to do for myself, personally, to elevate them. Gotcha. That's my goals and, that, you know, that's my passions. And then I want to buy a house, too. New York is different. Though. Home ownership. Yeah. Black people, brown people. It's tough for you to get in there. One York, way yo? to build Atlanta, wealth. If you told me in Atlanta, I would have said, yep. Yeah. yeah. Home ownership. Yeah. Buying the Bronx. We lost Bed-Stuy. We lost Harlem. Can we keep the Bronx black people? Let's buy. Yeah, yeah. Shout, out to, shout out to my brother Alan Ray, man. He just started a real estate company. Yeah, yeah. Remember, Let's uh, buy yeah, in yeah, the yeah, Bronx. Yeah, yeah. I like what he's doing. I do that. not want to cross the bridge to Jersey. <laughs> buy in the Bronx. I the Bronx got to make it affordable, though. You know what? You know, yeah. I agree with you, but I'm also like, you know what? They're trying to push us up, right? Mm-hmm. So let's put our money together and just let's not leave. Let's buy. Bro, you say this is what it costs. Let's reset bro, the market. The side where my gym is at, bro, you, where you've been at. No, yeah, I know yeah. that shit is expensive, bro. Yeah. That whole area is expensive. You know, buy Yave. Let's huh? buy the Bronx. Yeah, <laughs> you know what they're doing over there, right? Oh, they about to build up crazy. Like, you know, shout out to Empanology. Shout out to my boy Jay that got Empanology created it. Created a frenzy, but they about to, they trying they pushing everybody out of there so they can build high rises. But yeah, yeah. They, I don't want to leave I, the Bronx. To pull, I think hip hop started in the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah, but you also gotta understand if we don't. Let's have, put our money together. The only thing that I don't like about the New York real estate is that you know when I lived in the A, I had a, I had a condo at some point, and I was renting a big house at some point, Hello. seven bedrooms, pool and around all that. It was a crackhead price compared to New York rates. Well, it was low, right? It was low. It's low. <laughs> Out here, my man used to live right around the corner from the projects. His mortgage was like $3,600. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it was split between a couple of different families. Whatever. But still. But still, $3,600 in Atlanta, I got a castle. I got front, I got gates. I got binoculars looking out the window. Okay, they're Make the show good. Love it. All right, they're coming. They're good. <laughs> Ring my bell. In New York, you you right around the corner from the projects for three thousand, four thousand dollars. So that's my problem with the New York real estate. I just feel like you don't get your money. Worth. You don't. But if you could grab some real estate in New York, early, grab it early. Money, you yeah. Know, generational stuff right there. So. Like if we was buying in the nineties, it would be a different old, conversation. Old, extremely different combo, Because like you, may, there may be properties like a brownstone in Harlem or in Bed Stuy. Mm -hmm. Like let's say ten years ago. Maybe you didn't want to pay 600k, mm. but now it's going for like 1.2. Bro, you know what I'm saying? I know this. I know this. Um, this older Dominican man, and he got in one of them programs for, for immigrants, literally, um, that help like with business, a small business loan or something, whatever he did. And he got into a brownstone probably in the early 90s, and his joint is worth like 3.7 million right now. It's right on Madison in the hundreds. Or let's do what the Asians or the Jews do. He got a loan. Did like, that what he did? Sometimes it'd be like 20 people putting their money together yeah. to buy a property. Yeah. Now I'm with you on that all the way. Let's trust each other. Now, now that's, 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 part of the, that's part of the reason why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Like even with the play, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, family, it's a family establishment. You know, shout out to the Burgos Brothers and Sisters Productions. I see one of the brothers just signing Big Dog. What's up, Big Bro? He just signed in. But we trying to pull our resources together and move on one accord. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because it's not enough. It's not enough for that. Together we stronger. Divided we fall. Yeah. But our, but our community is raised like 
Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I was caught up in that, bro. Going to St. Ray's. That was like the NBA us back then. So, like, you didn't really want to see everybody else killing. You wanted to kill yourself. That's so, so yeah. you had to tear somebody down to get you where you got to go. You was doing that. Not necessarily verbally or anything like that, but it was doggy dog yeah. world. Like, we going hard. Like, that was kind of like the mentality. Yeah. That was the mentality. Eat, you only eat what you kill. So, now as I got older with business, it's like, you can never lose on win-win situations, bro, where everybody feels good about it, everybody's happy, everybody gets a percentage of the pot, and you just move forward. But everybody don't think like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but oh, yeah. shout out to the nigga Cash. Cash said, yo, Uncle Paulie, I'm not drinking for the next 30 days. Ah. But once I'm done, I need that yam. Yeah, Cash, I can't wait. <laughs> yo, Pratt, don't shout ever Shout out to Cash, man. man. Kill I, I, I got like Cash, man. He, he, um... He used basketball as a, as a key to, to open up a different door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's different doors. It's, it's doors out there for everybody. So, I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off, but that's something that I wanted you to touch on, you know, mm-hmm. before we get off, you know, is mm-hmm. how how you how you able to use basketball, you know, because mm-hmm. the league, you know, even see four hundred and twenty. Even jobs. see bricks. See see brick. Chris Brickley said it when he was on the show. He was like, yo, like I had to understand, you know. There's only but so many NBA jobs. Right. I'm not going in the NBA, but right. I could still work in right. that. I could still do something involving you no, know, he, NBA. I don't know the first week, but I, 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 I like his grind and I support him. And I respect him from a distance. We got a lot of mutual friends. I don't know him personally yet, but I, I just love what he did. Like, like another one. Just mm-hmm. like Cash, he made it, he created his own name, bro. And they did it, you know, they're doing it, you know, their own mm-hmm. way, you know. So I wanted, you know, what would advice, you know, mm-hmm. or what would you tell, you know, the, 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 the youth coming up. The know? millennials. The millennials, um, one, you know, find something you're passionate about. Because when you're passionate about something, you'll wake up every morning and you can do it for free because you're passionate about it, you love it. And that's the hardest thing that athletes got to understand because life after basketball is tough. And you've been playing ball, you've been getting money overseas, but you ain't saved your bread and now you got to come back and work a security guard job or whatever you got to do to survive. You're going to have to do that. So with basketball, I would just say use your resources. Ask questions, especially if you're going to these high major D1 schools, you better get to know every single alumni. The boosters. All the boosters. It's, you know, that's a whole nother thing. That's that's why I left college sports, honestly, because it's modern day slavery. (sighs) I ain't trying to go there right now. We could if y'all want to. But I worked in the athletic system, bro. So you know what's up, you've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. It's modern day slavery. You're making so much money. Of, the, of using these athletes' likenesses and they're not getting anything, and you just telling them you got a scholarship, you should be happy with that. That's bullshit. At the end of the day, but like you said that man. No, <laughs> like it, it said, is, bro. That's why I love college sports. I just didn't believe in it anymore from the business aspect because I've seen it. Boy, at them, you go to Michigan, Ohio State, Duke, North Carolina, they generating a couple hundred million dollars a year. And even if you do have a booster that gives a kid a car and whatever, whatever, he need that. He, he coming from from the projects, from Dykeman projects. He ain't got nothing. All he got is his talent. And you mean to tell me you can't even get his mother a job at school or anything like that? That's tampering? Come on, man. But, yeah, I would just tell young athletes to just use your resources and, and, and maximize their experience by never stop learning. Like, talk to everybody. Network. Because, like I said before, people do business with people who they like. And a lot of times athletes get so caught up in the basketball part of it, they don't understand the human part of it, that this one day this ball gonna stop. 
even if you're a Hall of Famer, it's gonna stop one day. And you gotta be able to pivot. Like I like um I like what Royal Ivy did. That's my boy Roy. Assistant Ivy. coach Consummate Pro. Went to Texas. He's a consummate pro, bro. He didn't make no noise in the league. Negatively or positively, he just was a pro. Mm -hmm. He played defense, he went to work every day. And he transitioned to be a strength and conditioning coach for the Thunder. Now he with the Knicks. He doing his thing. He did ten years in the league. He got a decade. Got his in. pension. Yep. Got his pension. Got money. And you know he realized early, like yo, I might not be an all star and all that, but I'm gonna be a leaguer for life. Mm -hmm. Once you get in there, you good. It's eternity, bro. Yep. So. Sure. You know, it just max get your pension. Yeah, get your pension. All young athletes just maximize their resources and be nice and courteous and humble to people. Because people look out and help people who they like. Period. Facts, man. So, Paulie, man, I just want to say, man, thank you for your time, man. Thank like, you, bro. I definitely learned from you just just by you expressing, you know, and letting us know your journey, you know, how you went about. How you just kept fighting. Right. This could have been plenty of times where you said, fuck this shit, I'm not going to Oklahoma. I'm not doing none of this, you know, like, I'm straight, you know, but you did it. Right. And I think each experience, you learned from it. I don't think you used it as, damn, why this shit happening to me, right. you know? I think you said, all right, this is what's going on. I'm going to figure this shit out, but I'm also going to figure it out to a point where it benefits me, right. you know, and... I just want to, like, really applaud that because, you. like you said, a lot of people, once they're done playing, you know, or whatnot, they tend to get lost, you know, because, like you said, this is the only shit I've been doing yeah. for a while. Yeah. So, for you to transition that way and for you to understand, like, hey, you know, I can still be involved by doing this, you know, and also, commend you or not, Signing away to those companies, man, earlier, because who, I don't know if you... A lot of people would have just signed themselves you know, into in position, corporate you know, slavery. They throwing you 100000 Fuck know, corporations. Work, you know? Yo, a lot, of, and a lot like, of my people did it, and I ain't mad at them, you know what I mean? Because they got experiences, they got different things, they got they got stocks in the company now. But that wasn't that. for you, though. But that wasn't for me. Ownership. And that's totally my right. thing was like, yo, how much really could I affect the bottom line of Coca-Cola? Explain to the listeners what the bottom line is. So the triple bottom line is basically what you what you gross and what you net in a company. That's all companies care about. Walmart is the number one gang in America. And the reason why I say that is because they come in and they take shit over. They come into small towns and they shut down mom and pops because they don't care, but they kill your whole family. Your live their li your livelihood. You know what I mean? Like they don't they don't have any um they don't have any care about... They don't have a vested interest. They don't have a vested interest in if the fame NYC is here. They don't care. They could. That's why there's no Walmart in the cities, because it, it was a law or something that was created to keep them from monopolizing the economy. Because they got the... The thing with Walmart, they got their own supply chain, they got their own retailing, they got their own warehouse, got their own customer service. Everything is in-house. They control everything. They don't need nobody. They, own, they, they don't need the outside. They, they are the product. So... With, with that being said, it was like, I, didn't, I, I I felt like, what can I do to build a company like that up? I'd rather build my own brand up and build up my people around me. Legacy. Legacy, bro. That's what it's all about. That's why we do it at the end of the day. 
trying to make my, my moms and my pops proud and my hood proud. You know what I mean? When kids look up, call me Big Bro. See, I inspired them. That means more to me than anything. So you used the word inspire a couple of times. Um, and since this incident happened, I've been asking a lot of entrepreneurs, forward thinking, freedom fighters. Um, what was your take on the whole Nipsey situation? And I, I'm asking you that because I feel like I know a lot of Nipseys. When I say that, I mean people who have their businesses, people who got their stuff up from the mud, people who are galvanizing communities. Um, I feel like outside of just being an artist, we lost a freedom fighter. Mm -hmm. So from one freedom fighter to another, what, how did that make you feel seeing him transition untimely the way he did? Bro, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. I remember one of my people hit me from Atlanta. I was like, yo, Nipsey just got killed. I'm like, what? Because I, I got a chance to meet him and develop a, somewhat of a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Every time I see him, he's like, yo, Paulie, when you come to the left coast, you good. Just check in with me, you good. I never took him up on that offer really. Mm -hmm. I met him at Vinny's Styles the first time. In Brooklyn? In Brooklyn. Okay. Shout out to Vinny's. Yeah, shout out to my family, Paulie, Jacob, and Deep. Um, So when I when I found out that happened, I'm like, nah, I was just in disbelief. I was shocked. I wrote a thing on Instagram. I thought about like Taylor, like Tyler, like being a little bit nice about what I said, but I just wrote whatever I wrote. It's just like, damn. Like we lost a great one. Yeah. And that kind of scared you away from doing stuff for your hood. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, I just felt like he was so comfortable and he was so much of a humble soul mm -hmm. that he was like, yo, I'm going to the stores. And they, they say the story was he went to get- To some look out for somebody, somebody to do else. a deed. Yep. It's comfortable. He got caught lacking on me on, on an easy breezy Sunday. But, um, you know, from a freedom fighter to a freedom fighter, it broke my heart, bro. Yeah. Definitely. It just, it was just sad because he was so, he was such a genuine and good dude, bro. And I, I got a chance to be around him a few times. Not a lot. We you know he wasn't best of friends or nothing like that. But I got, a, I got a chance to be around him and experience how he was, and he just wanted everybody around him to do well. Yeah. And he was a smart ass businessman. He came out with a hundred dollar mixtape. Man, you're a smart businessman. Thank you, bro. You're a smart businessman. So yeah, man, I brought that up because, you know, in every inner city in America, abroad, we all have a Nipsey in our community that right. we need to support. Right. That we need to protect also because, you know, the marathon has to continue for the generation coming behind us. So your narrative is a positive narrative that we do need to highlight, that we need to preach. Because you walked away from a six-figure job yeah. because you care about legacy mm -hmm. and you care about generational wealth. So, you know, our audience, um, our inner-city communities, we, un we need to understand the real concept of money. You understand what I'm saying? As opposed to, you know, building legacy, which is what we should be striving for. But, yeah. Damn, you just said something. Oh, so yeah. Um, so that's why I said in the beginning of the show that I'm sure um, people who take advantage of it, you know, could really, you know, learn something, you know, because we definitely came in and dropped some gems. So shout out to you, Paulie, man. 
Shout out to Yave. By Yave Group Economics, the best tequila on the market, no hangover, no sugar, your blood pressure will stay low, you can stay hard all night for your shorty. Jesus, 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 man, it's the Hey Now Podcast, beloved, Until next time. Uncle Paulie, man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. You gotta take a picture, though.